Kaz Palladino is an illustrator out of Portland, Oregon, and you may know her from her company, Awkward Affections. Geeky, cheeky, and awkward art for humans. One of the bonds we share is our love for Mulder, Scully, and the X-Files. We each chose one of our favorite episodes to discuss in this Greatest Hits show, and afterward, we talked about the convention scene and maybe even some Harry Potter. I'm your old pal Slim, and this is Link in Bio. I was a kid. I was like in sixth grade. Um, I think I went to Blockbuster, and uh, it, it looked spooky and cool. And I, I rented like the first two VHSs. <laughs> and, what yeah. were even on those VHSs? Was it just like the greatest hits of X Files, or was it like two episodes of the season? Yeah, it was the first like four episodes, I think. So like at least I started from that um, and kind of got like the intro to it. So I actually started at the beginning, but. <laughs> So were you hooked right away? Was this like your bag, the supernatural <laughs> government conspiracy, uh, two hunky, <laughs> two hunky leads investigating yeah. aliens? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I loved like paranormal stuff from a kid. Like I, I remember renting like a, or renting, taking out a, a library book on like ghost hunting in elementary school. Like I was super into it. And like the fact that there was this show that adults watched that like seemed really cool at a female co-star in it like i was i was really, really into it and i was excited that it was cool like i as a kid <laughs> Can't remember, i'm not sure if you know this but i started doing like a rewatch over the last like two years like i went through every episode because i think it just hit like netflix or amazon prime or whatever yeah. and the show's like super good i love the x-files but i feel like maybe with the like the return, like it's been on like Fox for the past few years and like people have been like jazzed about it, even though the episode's kind of blue. But this was like a huge deal back then. And it kind of got lost on me that like millions and millions of people were watching these two people like every week. It's crazy. Right. And it was on Sunday night after a while. And like that was a primetime spot. And it was such, it started as such this cult little like, like sci-fi is really hard to do in like film or TV and stuff like that. And like the fact that people were watching it in the first place surprised everybody, I think. And uh, it was just immediately my parents watched it. Like it was like everyone kind of tuned into it. It just got so big kind of understatedly though. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like now and like shows are big. It's, I guess with the internet, like everything is overblown, but it just was like, yeah, this is a good show. <laughs> I remember too, um, going back into, I can't remember. It was like where it got kind of off the rails Maybe it was like season seven or eight. Yeah. And Mulder eventually like left. You know, he was only like a small B character in the seasons, I guess, because he <laughs> wanted more money or whatever. But this, uh, yeah, he like sued Fox, I guess. For something. Yeah, he had this like yeah. crazy big lawsuit, which it's it's wild to think that that's like just kind of an afterthought nowadays like you don't hear about that i think the only reason i i knew about it was because like a wiki article and then there was like this super old hollywood reporter article from like you know (laughs) 2000 2001 that has no business of still being on the internet and it was like (laughs) this crazy argument um but we're like lucky that it lasted so long i know and like it's 24 episodes or whatever a season is insane 
with that, like one hour episodes or whatever, like 40 minutes, it's insane that that lasted and they had such good stuff come out of it without it being, because I feel like it's seasons now, if they're not completely written in the beginning, they fall apart. And it definitely wasn't like they didn't even think it would survive past the first season. And the fact that it did surprise everybody. So, right. And I mean, we're not saying it's a perfect show by any, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there's a, (laughs) there's a few stinkers in there, Yeah, but 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 like, and then like the aliens backstory changed and it started back up again so many times. Yeah. Which like they didn't, the, again, like, I don't think they knew where they were going with it in the first place. And they're like, like, Cigarette Smoking Man was just a side character. Like, in the first episode, he's in it, but he wasn't a character. He was just there as, like, a stand-in kind of thing. Like, And then he, remember, like, I think, like, um, the final season, the old final season where he was essentially evaporated by fire, like, on screen. <laughs> so yeah. we're like, oh, I guess that's the end of him. And then he comes back in, like, <laughs> yeah. a new show. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's Wolverine. He just keeps dying. And coming <laughs> right. Uh, so we were talking about the show uh, as like a potential topic. We obviously weren't going to do like an entire season, although I obviously would have because it's one of the best shows of all time. Uh, we were talking about like choosing like our greatest hits. Like you picked an episode and I picked an episode. Your episode you picked was from season five, Bad Blood. What, <laughs> yes. what, 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 what drew you to that one? I think it's... Uh kind of a staple like fan favorite episode that you kind of have to acknowledge because um, it's, it's one that everyone kind of remembers and it's it's a little different storytelling wise than the rest of the show but like it's definitely the most Mulder and Scully like character based episode that like pleased a lot of people and and it's it's in the comedy mm-hmm. like leaning towards comedy compared to the rest of the series but it, it's still like somehow worked like it wasn't like this is the musical episode that's going to be completely off the rails like it was funny but still felt creepy in x-files so uh, one of those like when it happened like we all i mean like the friends who watched it like we quoted it and like it was just the funniest episode to us because we knew these characters so well and we got to see them a little stretched the, my favorite part of the x-files is like the monster of the week episodes where it's not thick in the conspiracy like backstory of the aliens because those yeah. episodes as the show drags on those episodes are like literally the worst and i don't <laughs> I like i just grew to like hate them yeah like i would never think that that could work being like the main <laughs> overlying story arc is not as good as the the middle episodes the random weeklies that they mm-hmm. do like i've never heard of that in tv before but like it really you get some of the best story and character in all of those and yeah. i felt like the conspiracy stuff was just arduous almost this is like one of my one of the most popular i guess quote weird episodes where they kind of let the viewer in on like not the get like the joke but like they want to have fun with you yeah and it's written from the it's like a it's like the vampire episode which maybe people remember (laughs) that um the pizza pizza boy delivery guy vampire and it's uh told from the perspective of each character Mulder and scully you know, the show opens out so amazing with like this kid being chased in the woods and then he gets murdered with a stake in his chest and it's revealed to be Mulder killing him. <laughs> and then, you know, you, like his vampire teeth come out of his mouth in front of Scully 
And then, so like, this is one of those moments where like, yeah, Scully, eat it. He's a vampire. <laughs> this stuff is real. It's proof. <laughs> and then she just like pulls the fake teeth out of his mouth and, and Mulder like freaks out. Is it, and you're like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? Because you don't really see that <laughs> that amount of like gratification all at once in the show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then the, the intro starts and you're like, you're in the thick of it. But this is like the, the, the weird episodes I talk about are like, um, so they have to like explain themselves to their boss. Like, oh, we just killed this kid and their family's <laughs> suing us for $446 million, they said. And so they like recount the story to each other but from their perspective. And this was like the mo- one of the most genius episodes in the history of the show, because they get to show each character how they, how they view each other pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can definitely see like that per- experience. Cause you see a lot of the show through Mulder's perspective, like, and Scully tends to miss things and like getting her point of view in it is directly is kind of awesome to see. And you see like, how their personalities change based on their perspective. And it's kind of something we all do. Like we are the hero in our story. And like, you know, if someone's antagonizing us or whatever, like it's, it's hyperbole. And so you see these, their characters and they're still their characters. Like you could see Mulder being that kind of cocky, arrogant person a lot of times. And you could see Scully rolling her eyes a lot at him. So like their relationship is just like this overblown perspective of how they view each other and themselves and, it's kind of it's just the best thing just because it's a cool angle of telling the story twice and it's a very simple thing otherwise so it's all about the character and themselves yeah i loved dana's viewing of fox as like you know the episode starts out where he bought her plane tickets to go to dallas to see like reports of a potential vampire he's all about it he doesn't want to listen to any kind of naysaying about it and he's just jumping into like you know battle without knowing anything about it and she's just <laughs> yeah. along for the ride and then i totally forgot that um luke wilson was in this episode <laughs> yeah which is amazing like what has he even done in the does he even act anymore i feel like the last i don't even know what the last thing i saw him in oh god i don't know and the the, the way that he's shown is like this the town sheriff <laughs> and he's so like enthralled with dana Dana's knowledge of like science and stuff. I, I, oh my God, it's so funny. And Mulder, he's this like country bumpkin that's just like goofy and just this ridiculous character. Also, her perspective of kind of just like doing autopsies, that's like all she does. She's like, yes. Mulder, Mulder, just out of nowhere, like, I need you to do this autopsy right now. And she yeah. does like three autopsies in the span of like, you know, 24 hours. I mean, it's funny because like you, a lot of the times you see her, that's pretty much like a lot of the work she does is, is investigating dead bodies and seeing what the cause of death was. So she was kind of pretty, pretty right on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's just like tired and he just keeps coming up with bodies and she's like, are you kidding me? Like, like, what have you been doing all day? Kind of thing. Like the way they, the dude, the scene in the motel and. Like they're, they both had like this long drawn out day and like they're both just mad at each other. And yeah, the different perspectives of that is like, yeah, that's probably how she feels a lot of the times. And like being thrown into whatever crusade he's going on, she's like, all right, I'm, I'm doing this again. <laughs> and then Mulder's evil laugh on the uh, vibrating <laughs> bed as she closes the door. <laughs> <laughs> This one's my room holder. Don't get mud everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs>
Oh my god, amazing episode. The the part two when it switches to uh Mulder's perspective, he gets his chance to like recount the story and he's, you know, like trepidatious about presenting <laughs> Dana the idea of seeing what might be a vampire. She like takes a crap all over it. And she, when she, eventually when he has to go do another autopsy, he's like hesitant to even tell her. She (laughs) freaks out in front of him and he's just like all like tail between his legs. So good. She's screaming at him from the bed. What do you mean you want me to do another autopsy? Why do I have to do it right now? I just spent hours on my feet doing an autopsy all for you. I do it all for you, Mulder. You know, I haven't eaten since six o'clock this morning and all that was was half of a cream cheese bagel and it wasn't even real cream cheese. It was light cream cheese. Now you want me to run off and do another autopsy? So this was your number one pick out of uh, out of so many good episodes. What else was on your list of potential choices? It was it was definitely neck and neck with uh, Jose Chung from Outer Space because that's that's great. It's another one with like multiple storytelling like perspectives and like information like and that's what Excels is great with is like how the information is distorted based on the person that experienced it. And especially with a lot of the paranormal stuff. So um, they do that so well. And that one was a great one just for just all the individual characters itself too. And the, the way it was woven together. Um, yeah. It was tough. <laughs> it was definitely tough. So do you actually believe like uh, Mulder does in, in uh, miscellaneous things that are out there and undiscovered and unexplained? I definitely did as a kid and uh, getting older, I'm like more on the scully, like, well, okay, like let's, there, there can be other things like, cause it's complicated. Maybe, maybe it's all real. More than, more than what's we can understand. Maybe but. that was your, that was your scully voice right there. <laughs> <laughs> you need to look at the facts. Right. Sure. My episode that I wanted to go back to that was, uh, when I rewatched it, it was high on my list was drive. Um, with Brian Cranston, he I think he won like an Emmy or something for his his uh, portrayal. And this one was uh, the episode starts out with like a high speed chase, kind of like it opens up with like OJ news, breaking news. Yeah. They're following this car, and uh, they the cops eventually get this car to stop. They pull Cranston out, like you're seeing all this from the helicopter, and they pull out this woman who's in the back who they think is like you know kidnapped. They get her into the back of the car and the whole time Cranston is yelling, you're not really sure what. And uh, the woman who is in the back of the police car, she's like starts banging her head against the, the screen and eventually her head like explodes off camera and this blood just like hits the window. And that's how the episode starts pretty much. Did you remember this one specifically when I when I talked about maybe doing this one? Did you have any uh, previous thoughts before rewatch? I did, and um, I remembered it, but rewatching it, it was it was definitely uh, like because you know when you watch everything one after the other, like they kind of all have their different feelings, and like you don't like individualize them a lot of the time. So I had remembered it being like this crazy, you know, speed situation, and um, and uh, just that interaction, but like seeing the character again, like like how that progressed, and like actually paying attention, it was. It was different, like when now that I'm older, mm-hmm. it um, is definitely just it's just like, again, like just a simple story. But, you know, you're taken on that ride. This one was, I think, episode two of the sixth season. And by this point, they were like kicked off the X-Files. They had a new assistant director, Kirsch, who was like the biggest D-bag in the yeah. history of the show. 
uh, you know, of course he hated them. But yeah. this one, I when I was rewatching it, I, I thought back to like a tweet that I had sent way back then. But there was a stretch of like four or five episodes that were like amazing. So like Drive was this episode. The Bermuda Triangle episode was right after this. Yeah. And then um, the ghost episode where they encounter like the the Christmas ghosts. The Christmas one? Oh my God, yeah. That was right after this. And then Dreamland. That one was right after it. I'm trying to think of what episode that was. Mulder and Scully's lives are profoundly altered after witnessing the flight of a mysterious craft at Area 51. I don't remember that one, but um, but yeah, like just an amazing back-to-back-to-back stories. And the, the main reason I picked this one is because like the main thing I remembered is that I remember Mulder having... This is like one of the best written Mulder episodes where he just had like a bunch of great one-liners that made me laugh. And I was like, I think I want to choose that one. Yeah, like that's why... Mulder is a great character too because he's he has this like kind of like this obsessiveness but he's still a, he he's borderline like could be this neurotic obsessive geek and but then he's still this funny person that like he this is just his kind of crusade thing and he's like very funny in this show and like that's what's great about it, is like it's a very dark heavy show and then there's these little pieces that are their character and you're like mm-hmm. oh my god like it you need that and order i think to keep going because it's stressful otherwise i think what i didn't realize is that this is how um vince gilligan like chose uh brian cranston for breaking bad yeah like i yeah. honestly I, I totally forgot that vince gilligan even did breaking bad i was like so clueless i know it's so weird like how connected all these stories are um and like amc almost didn't want him until they saw the episode because they only knew him from malcolm in the middle apparently and then they watched drive oh, okay he can be this character and it's such a turn from like what he was doing in that time the only other thing i saw him in besides malcolm in the middle was a local ad he recorded for half double design not your granny's crochet you know what they say if it's good enough for brian cranston it might be good enough for you if you're looking for a new scarf hat gloves or infant wonder woman costume reach out Amanda's waiting to hear from you, and you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com. He did show amazing range in this episode, too, because he goes to, like, and it's even written that way where he's shown right off the bat as, like, a kook. He says that, you know, I have this pain in my head. My wife had it, and we have to drive a certain direction, a certain speed, and that's the only way that'll feel better. And he eventually um, commandeers a car with Mulder in it. (laughs) Yeah. And so now he's like driving him around and it leads to this amazing dynamic of this guy treating Mulder like crap. Yeah. And Mulder's like one the like usually get like one or two quippy Mulder one liners in regular episodes, but this one had like ten, I felt like, where he's just like dry humor out the ass and it works so funny. Crump? Crump, what else can you tell me about what's happening to you? Mr. Crump. Call me by my last name, you say Mr. in front of it. Mr. Gotcha. Not Crump. Mr. Crump. I can think of something else I'd like to call you. I can put Mr. in front of that, too, if you'd like. You know, what kind of name is Mulder, anyway? What is it like? Like Jewish? Excuse me? Jewish it is, right? It's Mr. Mulder to you, you peanut-picking bastard. But you get Cranston's range of, like, being kind of like a kooky like southern hick and then 
going to like a compassionate character that you like Mulder are like, okay, I'm going to try and help you now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's amazing. You could feel for that. Cause like the way he starts, he's just cantankerous and um, Mulder doesn't even like him. And Mulder's usually like the, the empathetic ones to the people he's trying to help. And, you know, and uh, that he doesn't even like him and he's stuck with him in his car. And then um, you do feel for him. But, and that's what that, why the episode's amazing is because, you because they're parallels to their characters too like he's another like conspiracy theory like kind of batshit at you know like what he's saying and Mulder like is like that in a way too and then but they come to terms in the end because they've been together and you feel for him because he's like really was taken advantage you know like he like that was a, a conspiracy a government conspiracy that did that to him yeah and and how crazy too was it when Scully uh, eventually, you know, sees something in the ground that she believes might have been the cause of like these, this rash of like deaths in the area and yeah. possibly contained to sound. And she digs into this, um, government agency and she essentially finds out like that they had this, um, this occurrence that caused a surge in a, a low frequency around the area. And this person she's talking to in charge of this building thinks she's like for the FCC yeah and she's like you know theoretically what effect does this happen what does what effect might this have on the human body and the guy's like yeah sorry that's classified yeah Yeah. she's like are you serious right now yeah how I, i was like shocked that she didn't just like reveal her badge immediately and like start throwing some rank but maybe she didn't have rank because it was like a government agency yeah. that she just strolled into and got some answers by happenstance yeah and i think they did research there were like certain um like military experiments that were the um inspiration for that i can't remember mm. what yeah. um, they were called but uh it is kind of interesting that like the way they kind of tie it try to like loosely tie it into believable things do you remember the new, <laughs> this is off topic a little bit, the, um, in Cuba, like the, uh, American, like embassy, like American embassy officials that were killed and they, they thought, they think it's like a sound frequency kind of thing, what? like that was, but like, they think it was, you know, a plot to kill off these. Oh my God. People. Yeah. And it was a, a sound wave frequency thing that like made them have these really bad headaches and oh like God. seizure. Yeah. Um, this is horrifying. I know. No. <laughs> I hope it's not true just for humanity's sake. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, I'll yeah. the, uh, the part at towards the end where, uh, really heartbreaking part and I'll try to loop it in here. But when, uh, Cranston's character, finally does kind of get through to Mulder. It's when Mulder hears the phone call from Scully and she like tells him like, yeah, the government did this. He was right the whole time. And you can see like Mulder kind of reevaluating things. And he's like, oh man, he was right. Yeah. And you can kind of It'll see what there. you said. Like he, he, they see the kind of connection that what? they have. Well, whether they did this to you intentionally or not, you were right. They did it to you. So what do we, what do we do? One chance is that we meet my partner at the end of the highway. There, she will insert a long, large-bore needle into your inner ear, hopefully relieving the pressure. And when we get there, she's going to have to work fast. She's only going to have one chance. She's not going to be able to use any anesthetic. And it will probably leave you deaf. But I'll live, right? 
what it's all about. All right, man. Let's do it. Mr. Mulder, could you go a little faster, please? Just a little more is all I need. Sure. And they have this plan where they might be able to save him. Like Scully has this needle that she thinks she can kind of insert into his ear canal and release the pressure and the ending. Oh my God, that ending. Yeah. I forgot about it too. And I was watching it again. I I still had this hope. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember too, like um, I was watching it and I was like, man, I don't remember Scully getting that thing to him in time. I wonder why don't I don't remember that. And I was like, I'm nuts. Right. That look on Mulder's face afterwards. Oh, <laughs> walking around in his baggy slacks, yeah, taking his time, <laughs> his chest high slacks. <laughs> Have you recently watched like the later years, like this season up until like before Mulder left, like, you know, I, before it came back? Pieces of it. I can't watch the, the, like the ones where he's gone with T-1000 and stuff. Like I can't watch those. Like, I was watching those when they were coming out weekly and it was just i could like sometimes it was like i don't even want to watch this right now yeah some of the other good ones i was saying like if we did more episodes like some of the other ones i would want to do there's one um that Duchovny directed and yeah. it was the one where gary shandling and tay leone play fox and Mulder <laughs> in, a, in an x-files movie oh yeah. my god that episode is so funny again another brilliant like take on their like juxtaposition like i don't know just changing their characters and being very self-aware of what they're doing it's a, it's great i love it i i did watch um the t1000 episodes they're not very good yeah it's just like oh god i mean it's so painful. it's i guess i don't know what it is about all these tv shows they just shit the bed towards the end i don't know yeah like but, they i they could have ended it when uh, the company was leaving and they could have, but I don't think they had enough time maybe or something. Um, mm-hmm. Probably but, like, cause they all wanted to continue making money. Yeah. Like yeah. even though it wasn't going to be as much as Mulder wanted. What did you think of the two seasons that they came back with on Fox? I actually didn't watch the most recent one. Like the first, like the, was it season 10 was when they first came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there were some, it was like a, it was like a condensed season it was like some episodes were fun and some episodes were like all right this was like some of the, like again some of the conspiracy stuff especially now it's 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 different and yeah it's different like i think in the 90s we kind of took it like took for granted science being fact and now like when we're questioning you know we're, we're questioning science and things and like saying well what if it's something else there's like a weird i don't know it's it's weird bitterness around it because i'm like all right well i guess now that's that's okay for everybody and like you're not you're not going against this big you know government or the you know like flipping up perspective it's it's kind of just like there's a lot of conspiracy and people love it now and it's it's not it's not the way it used to be i think like the 90s were like that golden age of of wanting to believe now it's like everyone believes something else that they want to, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, I was, I have the same thought. I was like, it was fun. Like we were Mulder back then. Yeah. But I feel like now we're Scully. And it, cause even yeah. like season 10 started out with 
them having like an Alex Jones character become a character and like it being like, I don't know, like using the word normalized, but it was like yeah. super normalized. And I felt like really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is so weird how that like how that shifted. Their son, quote, their um, son came back in uh, season 11. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was terrible. It was just terrible. Is it, is it worth watching? Like, I no. No. Yeah. (laughs) There's one episode. There was, I thought there was one good one in season 10. It was the reverse werewolf one. Yeah. Yeah. The weird one. Yeah. The one that was funny. Yeah. And then there was a weird one in 11, which was, I I can't remember the phrasing, but it's like, there's a phenomenon where something about people remembering certain events in the past can be impacted by other people's memories or something. But Mm -hmm. The the gist was there was a third member of the X Files, and he goes to meet Fox and Dana, and they they forget him. Uh-huh. So he tries to like tell them stories about their famous episodes that he was there, but oh they just don't God. remember it. And it was really funny. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And it was the same guy that did the reverse werewolf episode because I like specifically looked to see if right. he did other episodes, and it was the same guy. Did they have like? So they had different writers in the the newer seasons then. Mm-hmm. Like okay. There oh there was another episode that I wanted to choose too. Do you remember the one where they pose as like a regular townspeople, oh. like a family, yeah. like a couple? Oh my god, that episode is so good. With the this like yeah the sewage monster thing. Yes, and yeah. he he like eats it up that they're pretending <laughs> to be a married couple. And she hates her life. Just their characters together, they're they're great. Like I love when you get to actually see them interact or something like you they develop it more they're just so fun together the antithesis of fun the episode i almost picked was i think it's called home with like the inbred family the infamous yeah oh yeah that's like one of the first episodes i remember seeing as a kid are you kidding no that's terrible The one episode they banned from TV that they were like, this is too much. Like, this is bad. <laughs> I must have seen it because I remember I started The Simpsons early when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it must have came on after. maybe like right after The Simpsons yeah. or whatever was out at 830 also ended. But yeah, I remember being like, what the heck did I just watch? What <laughs> What is the meaning of the ending of this episode? I'm very confused and disturbed. Woof. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. But... <laughs> <laughs> That was definitely the most horror aspect of X-Files. Oh my god, yeah, it was. How'd you like the uh, Simpsons X-Files episode? Classic. <laughs> yes. Absolute classic. <laughs> oh god, love the X-Files. Not enough people love the X-Files, in my opinion. Yeah, it, I think it's hard to get into now. Like People don't have the attention span. There's so many episodes. Like We don't know how to deal with things that don't have like a linear story arc anymore you know Mm -hmm. like it was definitely of the time where like you could pick it up where it was and figure out what's happening if you wanted to and now it's like there's so many that i think it scares people off or you don't know what you're getting into (laughs) plus two i mean telling someone there's like nine seasons of something on hulu they're like uh and then like nine out of ten times someone will be like oh yeah but the later seasons really sucked just keep that in mind people are gonna be like "Eh, maybe i just won't do it then yeah like that happened with me in Battlestar Galactica, right? And I, I, I started it and I loved it. Why well, I, I did give in and I loved like what I saw, but then like the final season came in and I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> it, it was a lot. Like it was kind of stressful. Amazing show, though. Yeah, definitely. 
but yeah, it was, it was one of those, like everything is happening. <laughs> what are some other shows that are near the X-Files level for you? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I have to come back to that because that, like that came in when I was young. So like that, that, that was a place that's like, I can't get rid of, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Is the Simpsons up there? Are you a Simpsons fan? Oh, like, yeah. Big totally. Simpsons fan? I think I learned the most from the Simpsons about like <laughs> pop culture. Life. Yeah. Book life. Like everything, like growing up after that show, I'm like, oh, that's what that was referencing. <laughs> it's amazing. Many times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I know this story because of that. Um, that's a great show. Again, like another like has a million episodes, but it's still good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other shows that I grew up with besides like Simpsons. I honestly, I was like, when it came out, I was like the, one of the biggest Family Guy fans for like three seasons, and then I, it was just like a flash in the pan almost. Like I can't, I couldn't stand it after those three seasons. TV now has gotten so good too, but it's kind of like systematic about it like they're like this is the story and this is what we're gonna do with it like um and because i don't know like you don't have a lot of time anymore with tv to like screw up Mm -hmm. did you ever watch firefly for as a show that was never completed Mm, no (laughs) i was late to that uh world of television and by the time it was like available. Everyone I knew was like down my throat, firefly this firefly (laughs) that. And I was like, I think I just kind of shut them out. I'm like, I'm never watching this show. People shut up about it. (laughs) Yeah. Same with, same with Buffy. Like I think my family was into Buffy, but I think I watched one episode, which is like that silent episode. And I really liked it, but I never got into it because I think by that time it was like, I don't know what season that was. And I wasn't interested in like renting the DVDs. Right. That was definitely a show I got into after, like, when it wasn't on TV anymore. And kind of, like, just binged it. Because, like, at the time, they seemed like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm going to get people yelling at me. Like, they seemed like such inane characters to me. And I was like, Mm. this is, like, high school. And, like, it's cute. But, like, it was like this. It felt like a CW whatever, like, show. (laughs) I was like, I'm watching X-Files. It's mature. But, like. (laughs) As you push up your glasses and, like. Clutch your books to your chest. Yeah. And then in college, I'm like sitting on my bed, just watching all of the Buffy episodes. So I'm like, <laughs> it's okay to still like high school. interact with a bunch of people that are like-minded x-files fans battlestar galactica fans oh for sure supernatural amazing people out there i love like especially with the x-files because it's kind of like a a niche not niche like it's i don't know it's like a weird cult thing nowadays because it's not new anymore but like i have people being like oh my god look at this tattoo i got scully like all of these awesome things like it's cool to to reconnect with like it's like kind of a conveyor belt, like being an artist alley. Cause you just have like people mm. come and you learn about them and talk to them. <laughs> like there's so yeah. many cool people. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Is there, is there like one that you kind of like get really pumped to go to at this point? I really love like Rose city. I just did. And it's cool that it's my city now. So like, it's, it, I love just being able to meet people that are around like local and stuff like that, or that I've met before at shows. Like it really is the other it's the community because everyone's super nice, like super friendly and encouraging and stuff. And I think that's the best thing is like 
because, you know, working freelance, you kind of don't meet that. You don't talk that much to your customers or who is seeing your stuff. And then you, you actually meet them and you engage with them. And it's like, Oh my God, everyone's amazing. Like it's the best part I think of it is just like the new people and like, or the other vendors that you, you reconnect with over time. Like it's a, it's a weird little community. Yeah. It's, I've never been on the kind of like exhibit exhibitor end. And I've like, for my work, I've, I've been at cottons like a couple times a year, but it's like a whole other world where yeah. there's like a sub community of people that like recognize each other in, you know, in these booths and these setups. And it's something that's gotta be so crazy. It is so cool. Cause it just exploded too. Like just the different places that are doing these things and like different groups that do start up afterwards. Like it's, it's so much fun and so crazy. <laughs> like it's cool when people come, like I had a, I did wedding invitations, um, like a superhero style for this this couple and like they came and found me one year and, and they were dressed because like it was like a a riddler um poison ivy theme kind of thing and like they came back they were dressed up as that and like they said hi and i was like oh my god you actually like found me and like like i never would have <laughs> seen these people before you know like it's just so uh-huh. cool like the just like that community love <laughs> the the one invitation that i saw that i loved of yours was like the nintendo cartridge <laughs> that opened up oh my god that was like the coolest thing ever the one that we have in um of yours in our house is the isla nublar <laughs> yes. we're big jurassic park fans have you seen the the most recent one yet yeah i really was surprised by it definitely the first one i was kind of like i didn't like the girl character at all like she was driving me nuts and like i felt like she was a lot better in the second one but like it was definitely like a dark like kind of horror style version again which was fun like it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Yeah. And the first one I was like, she was so useless and yeah. annoying. And <laughs> I was waiting for her to have a scene where like, uh, this is where she turns it around and she like reveals these like secret talents she has. Right, like right. I thought she was going to be the one to like kickstart that Jeep yeah. that they found, but she's still useless. Anything. Yeah. Like, cause the first Jurassic Park is odd. Like the girl characters in that are amazing. Like they're all pretty cool and like punky. And then this one's just like, just a jerk like the whole time why are you here what's your vibe on uh cursed child i ask all my harry potter fan friends yeah um it's hard to do like a post with anything that you love i think like it's hard to get away from the original feelings around it uh it's i i wasn't in love with it but i respect it for what it is i've was I think like two years ago, I read them all for the first time really, and, and I read them like all back to back and yeah. they're all amazing. And I read a uh, cursed child right after the last one. Yeah. And I, I liked us. There's some like Harry Potter fans. I know that there's uh, one Kirsten I work with. She's got like two Harry Potter tattoos. She refuses to read it. Really? The yeah. cursed child. Like she doesn't even have, she just has no desire to do so whatsoever. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it like, again, it changes who they were. And like, I mean, maybe that's life, but like, I just felt like Harry was kind of an asshole, you know? And like, it's just, it kind of felt sad for everybody in their lives after, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. after all this horrible stuff happened to all of them. They're just like, Meh, you know? Um, and he had like still like unfinished business uh, with, uh, Dumbledore that like I felt was resolved decades pr- previous 
Like uh-huh. it just it felt like a rehash. Like what, why you still feel this way? Like all this is resolved years ago. It, I did not feel like it was necessary. It's like the end scene in the movies, like that post, mm. like when they're sending their kids off and stuff like that was unnecessary. You feel like I'm just like, wow, everyone's like kind of old and haggard and with all these children. What do you think of um, the new Fantastic Beast stuff? Because she like directly writes um, the the actual like screenplay stuff, I think. Yeah, she does. I think, and like, um, it, it's pretty fun. Like, I I will watch them. Like, it's it's a different. At least it's starting it. I don't know how I feel about Jude Law being Dumbledore, but like, I love that world. So like, I enjoy continuing it. But it's also like a level of like, are, are we just making more stuff? It's kind of like how I felt about the Hobbit movies. Like, I loved Lord of the Rings, but like, I felt like the Hobbit movies were a little unnecessary necessary like there i watched them they were fun but um it wasn't the same and like fantastic beast i i don't know i guess i'm glad she's writing it at least and like they're they're entertaining i kind of like that it's um like new york it's like the 20s like a different time so you get like a little bit of like the the extra world in there which is cool to explore but um you know it's to me it's never going to be as good as like the books were you know um, the originals, uh, but they're more fun than I guess Chris and Child to me. There's like nine Hobbit movies that Peter yeah. Jackson made. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my thanks to Kaz for coming on to the show, so we could talk about one of the greatest shows ever produced the x files be sure to follow her on instagram and say hello to her at conventions this year and next year check out her website linked in the show notes to buy a ton of gorgeous prints just like i did and how about those x files drawings on her ig good lord goodbye